Hello and welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 41, Watchmen from 2009. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. I am your host, Hugh Lloyd, and like I said, we're looking at Watchmen from 2009. Now, before I introduce my fantastic co-host on this episode... Let's check out the trailer. Just a matter of time, I suppose. for the government. Maybe it was a political killing. Maybe someone's picking off costumed heroes. John thinks that there's going to be a nuclear war. What if that's why someone wants us out of the way? So we can't do anything to stop it. An attack on one is an attack on all of us. Watchmen are over. What do you suggest we do about it? Retribution. We can save this world. Why would I save the world? I no longer have any stake in. Do it for me. Okay, and we are back, and I am joined by the one, the only, the invincible, the indomitable, Mr. Leighton Winston. How the devil are you, sir? Hello there. How are we? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm uh, off my face on my painkillers, so it should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, you are slightly um, more cheery than normal. I yeah. Noticed, so, uh, yeah, hay, hay fever is um, killing me. <laughs> Not killing me is a bit strong. Murdering me, shall we say? Yeah. Um, yeah so if, if you think I sniff a lot in other podcasts, <laughs> buckle up, dear. Buckle up. No, we are talking, of course, Watchmen. No, I couldn't believe this is 2009. Yeah, no, I was quite surprised at that. I thought it was a lot more recent. And then it's only then in thinking, my God, 2009, you're thinking then of the films that Zack Snyder's actually released since 2009, you know. And um, yeah, it was really quite surprising, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I I think it's kind of, 
I think it's become quite popular to shit on Zack Snyder. Yes. And I, I don't I think, think he's helped I, himself with certain projects. No, no. But, but I think I think he's, a, he's almost an easy target, isn't he? But um, we'll come on to that one. Yeah. Then, but, um, so, Watchmen 2009, of course, like we just said, directed by uh, Mr. Zack Snyder. It was produced by uh, Lawrence Gordon, Lloyd Levin and Deborah Snyder. Uh, screenplay by David Hater and Alex uh, Azar, Sar, I'm going to call it. And of course, Tease, Tease, Tease. I don't know. Have a real name. Have a proper name like Jones, Evans, Smith. What kind of name is that? Come on. Uh, yeah, okay. It's almost as good as McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that, mind you, he did. Have you seen The Babysitter on Netflix? No. no it's worth a look. Don't get me wrong. It is not a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination, but it's very funny and it's well worth a look. It's a good sort of hour and a half killer. It's a really good... I, I enjoyed it and it's a much cheap production. I'm, so. I'm all over the staircase at the moment on uh, Netflix. Isn't he good? Oh, man, it's so good. See, so, so good. Being off for the minute, I binged watched um, Unsolved, the Biggie and Tupac thing. All right, yeah, I'd like to fancy a look at that. It's really good. It's Is really it? good. Yeah, it's really good. All it's right, I'm gonna really, really good. And the guys who play Biggie and Tupac are spot on. Really? Yeah. I'm definitely going to have a look at it's that. It's really good. It, it, some of it is like, you know, you watch it and you just think, oh my God, how nobody has ever, you know, clearly because nobody has solved it, but you can just see like the entire thing is just a complete mess from the beginning to the end. But it's brilliant. Yeah. It's The cast is so good. It's so good. Well, right. cool. I'll definitely have a look at that, but get, get, have a look at the staircase when you get a chance. Oh, yeah. And if, if you watch the first season, right, Get back to me. Let me know what you think after the first season, right? Because there's other episodes been added since, right? Right. Okay. But, uh, it's really good. It's really, really good. Now, obviously, back to Watchmen. Um, we've got, you know, this is based on the seminal work of um, the original Grumpy Cat of uh, comic books or graphic novels. Uh, before I have my nerd card taken off me, uh, Alan Moore, and uh, of course. You know, illustrated and drawn by the magnificent Dave Gibbons. Um, it's you know, I, I think it's fair to say that the you know the graphic novel is is just a seminal piece. Yeah, um, I bought it. I, no, I I didn't buy the comics when they came out originally. I don't. I, neither did you, probably. No, but, no. But um, you know, enough people said about you've got to read. Watchmen, you've got to read it, you've got to read it. Then I went out and bought it, and I was absolutely floored by it. Yeah. Simply floored. It is. It really is one of those those works of art, isn't it? it oh, is it's magnificent. It's magnificent. Brilliant. Yes, it's. Um, it has its um, various themes going throughout it. Um, yeah, one or two. <laughs> and, it's, and it's it yeah yeah, and it's such a um, densely told story for a comic book, at least we forget that you sort of you you, you it's uh, some some people may have been dismissive because oh, it's a graphic novel and all the rest, but no 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 you, not at all. You, you, the the story is incredibly incredibly brilliantly told. I mean, so much so it ends up in uh, it's it's actually in you know the top one hundred pieces of literature of all time. 
Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is. You know, it's been put into um, what is it? Where is it? It's, 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 it's the Times. Uh, yes, yeah, something. Times. It, it, it's it, Times. Yeah. Something. Something. It, I mean, it, it won awards after awards after awards. Um, even even more so the awards that probably um, not associated with comic books. No, or not at all. Not at all. They, you know? Not at all. And um, it, the actual source novel itself um, was. Uh, commissioned quite quickly. It was bought by studios quite quickly after oh, it yeah. came out. Oh, yeah, it? massively. And lately, this is, you know, 98, uh, sorry, 88, 89, when comic book movies, you know, certainly weren't part of the Pantheon. In fact, the only one I can think of probably of that time, 89 was Batman, but Tim Burton's Batman, obviously. Yeah. But 88, you're probably looking at um, something like Superman 4. Oh, yeah. oh God. You know, but and golden, that is, go, golden, golden globus madness. That is what we would refer to as a giant heap of brown, smelly stuff. It is yeah. diabolical. I feel <laughs> for the people involved in that film. I genuinely, Nuclear genuinely, man. Oh, <laughs> Nuclear weapons so, are bad. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's so so bad. Any film that makes Superman three look good must be that bad. Hey, you know, Richard Pryor is amazing in Superman three. <laughs> In fact, I think it makes Supergirl look good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Supergirl, that is. My sister used to love that film, and it was like, oh my God, it's so bad. It's painful. It's so, it's so. And what's the connection between. Right, why does Supergirl never go and see Superman? <sighs> That's a really good point. I mean, in the series, in the TV series, he does pop up. Yeah, so I understand. He, he, so I understand. he does pop up. I haven't sort of spent an awful lot of time watching the series because I'm not a massive fan of Superman or Supergirl. Well, we, we're likely to start talking about Superman in a bit because, well, by association, yes. shall we say? Yes. Yes. But, um, but yeah, you know, go back to the go back to the book. Um, it you know when it came out, it was revolutionary, wasn't it? You know. Oh, it just you know I think in terms of like. I remember I first read it. I got it out from Aberdeen Library. All right, yeah. Um, I think I was about 30, and it just blew my mind. Well, like I say, I, I bought it. I went out and bought it. And um, for those who haven't read the book, and if you haven't seen the film, then <laughs> spoiler yeah. alert. You, you may um, want to pause now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's an absolutely remarkable piece. It really, really is. Um and not only the, the the text and the literature, but the the, the actual artwork in it is oh, I just Dave Gibbons is just I, I, incredible. It's, yeah, and I, it's so I, expressive. Yeah, and I've I've always sort of been slightly fascinated with how Alan Moore wrote it and then gave gave it to somebody else to illustrate how that sort of yeah. process. And works. I can't imagine Alan Moore being sort of particularly, I don't know. Open. Um, well, for those who are not aware, Alan Moore is deeply, deeply resentful of um, Hollywood types, shall we say? Um, yes. Studio executives, and you know, um, a lot of his work has been adapted. Oh, well, uh, I mean, to, the, yeah, it's, uh, to a, some to a lesser extent than others. Yes. Now, if you look at them, the films that have been made, you've got Watchmen. Yeah. You've got From Hell. Yes. Uh, v for Vendetta. Yes. And then you've got 
Sean Connery's last film. <laughs> the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I would fu- I would never call it fucking extraordinary. <laughs> fucking oh, you terrible. can call it extraordinary, but not for those reasons. It's utter shit. It is utter, utter shit. And However, Connery did plant the head on the director. I he gave him uh, a Glaswegian kiss. They had a bit of, they had a, they had a, they had a, a minor scuffle. Yeah. And <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a classic case of, um, the star, um, overtaking, you know, pulling rank, isn't it? Oh yeah. You know, the, the man is an icon, you know, um, he will always be most people's James Bond. Um, Have however, you seen his interview with, uh, Barbara Walters? No. Where no. he talks about hitting women. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. It's on YouTube. It's brilliant. He talks about you know this woman. She sort of Barbara Walters says to him about uh, how do you feel about uh, men striking women, and he says, well, sometimes you give them the last word, and that's not enough, and they keep going, and sometimes you just need to give them a little slap. <laughs> Sean Connery. That is a fucking dinosaur. Isn't he? <laughs> it's just. Jesus it is worth it just to see. Barbara Walters' face, and I remember I mean, hearing about it on the Joe Rogan podcast, and uh, I went and watched it, and I I, I, I I genuinely couldn't believe in this day and age that a man would advocate striking his trade, you know, you know, but it is one of the, it's just mind-blowing that he's, st- and he doesn't bat an eyelid, he does not bat an eyelid. <sighs> Fuck him. Anyway... <laughs> He was in that film, and um, he was carrying that film, and it was shit. I will say, though, that V for Vendetta is, is really good. Um, it's really, really good. Yeah. From Hell is good. I enjoyed like, From Hell. I, it's I not really a book, did. though. It really is not the book. I mean, the graphic novel is just immense. It is immense. It is but, a, it's hu- it, 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 but it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I thought it was good. It was that was directed by the Who's Brothers, wasn't it? Yes, who yeah. did um, Menace to Society? Yeah, Society. Yeah, and Dead President. Yeah, see, underrated film. Yeah, underrated film. Underrated Chris Rock performance in that. Which not film Chris? Now? Not Chris. Uh, is it Chris Tucker or Chris Rock? In what? Dead President. I off the top of my head, I don't I, I don't remember. Um. um Oh God! Um, I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Sorry, I oh. apologise. Chris Tucker. Yeah, Chris Tucker is. Um, it's a really it's a really underrated performance in it. Underrated. The reason why I get it mixed up is because Chris Tucker plays a um, a crack addict in New Jack City, which I love. And Chris Tucker plays a heroin addict in Dead Presidents. And I always get, I all, for whatever reason, I always mix those two books up. Brilliant I, film. I watched New Jack City quite recently. It's great, man. I came across it on TV. It's fucking such a good film. Such a good film. It's extremely of the time and place. But Ice T is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cool, he even makes Judd Nelson look cool. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's such a brilliant film. It really is. Wesley Snipes is a one bad motherfucker in that film. It really, really is. Yeah. Really, and it's, you know, you see Wesley Snipes and you see him in like, <sighs> you know, obviously he's Blade. He's amazing in the first two Blades. It's, you know, oh, the, but then you see him in New Jack City. 
You see him in the work that he did with Spike Lee. And recently, he's really good in Chirac. He is really, oh, really good in Chirac. Really, miss, really good. You're missing out Demolition Man as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you see him in things like um, you know, he's he's sort of fallen into the sort of I will work for you know will work for food. Yeah, it's know. it's the it's the, the the what we call the uh, John Cusack Nicholas Cage conundrum, isn't it? You know, <laughs> got, got that got that tax bill to pay off, isn't it? You know, so. <laughs> well, or or not, <laughs> or not, or not. Anyway, back to Watchmen. I mean, it's just you know, I mean, we, I mean, we could talk, we could do an entire. I mean, you could do an entire series of podcasts on the book it is an incredible thing but what i love about this film is the cast you know at the time lots of people were talking about the cast and they were saying they oh there's no names in this there's no names in this but actually they are spot on they are absolutely spot on i mean you got Freddy Krueger himself, <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley um, as Rorschach. You got Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson is so good in this. He is so good in it. I'm a big Patrick Wilson fan. Yeah, I I think I've said before my thoughts. I think he's a really really good actor. Um, I I must interject here now because I've got my notes yeah. as performer, right? I've got the cast, yeah, and I have. Two distinct sections, all right? Okay, come on then. The good cast. <laughs> this was coming. The bad, the bad cast. Now, I completely agree with you, Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley is Rorschach. There is no other way of saying it. There is yeah. no other way. It was inspired casting yeah. for Rorschach. He's, even, even in the book, he's the right physicality for it. He even, no, when you read a book and then you see a film, and then you look, and the character sounds like you read it. Yes. And that's exactly, exactly what happened. Yeah. Exactly. It is exactly. It inspired casting of Jack Hurley. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like we said, the aforementioned Patrick Wilson, brilliant. He's a brilliant actor, and he's he's terrific as um, the schlubby um, uh, Dan Dyberg, isn't he? Yeah, and I love the, the yeah, and I love the fact that he's got a belly. <laughs> yeah, he's a proper man, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's rocking the dad bod. <laughs> yep. You know, much much like myself. You know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, he's he's brilliant. He's really really good. As the um, as the as uh, Dan Dryberg, you know, he's clearly depressed. The man is, you know, yeah. he's he has his own issue, and he's, he's bored to tears. You can almost yeah. see. And yeah. um, he's, he's he's well, you know, his his night owl is brilliant. Um, Billy Crudup as Doctor Manhattan. Yes. Now. You could probably do a podcast just about Doctor Manhattan, couldn't you? Let's be honest, as a character, because yeah, and we'll get into him in a bit. In, 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 we've got to, we'll have to spend some time talking about just about that character because it is just his performance is it's strange, it's distant, but it's perfect. I also think, and this is going to sound crazy, I think it's almost quite humane. Yes. I think it, it, that comes across in his character. Yes. Um, you know, despite his otherworldliness and all the rest, you know, and his detachment. Yeah. Crudup actually gives um, a humanity to, you know, to this otherworldly being. Yes. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, he's, I think he's terrific as Doctor Manhattan, and there's it, it, a little shout out you know for the special effects team because oh. what they what they did in producing Doctor Manhattan was phenomenal, right? And a lot of people will probably see it as not a particularly um, out there special effect, but to do what they actually did and how they did it was phenomenal. Yeah, and I love the fact that the entire and you talk about the the whole film looks like it's been lifted off the page. Yes. Yeah, and, and even when you got some of the characters in the in the heavy prosthetics and those type of things, it still feels like they've been drawn. Yeah, um, I've slight issue with the um, aging um, characters in it. I quite like that. I quite like it. Yeah, I, I suppose it does add in a way, and <laughs> Richard Nixon is his, brilliant. It, it, but, it, but it's the fact that Nixon himself, though, is such a reprehensible turd. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, much like the current uh, incumbent, isn't it? You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, and <laughs> he looks like a cartoon character, doesn't he? Almost. Yes. And I, you know, if it was intentional, then it certainly works. But I do think sometimes that the the, the makeup uh, is quite jarring. Perhaps it was done, like we say, so it. it well, no, as you, we say, you know, we, let's go back to Billy Crudup because we've got to talk about it now. When I went to see this in the cinema, even though I knew it was coming, <coughs> the swinging blue cock on screen was very, very disconcerting at times. Yeah, and <laughs> but in the book, you, 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 there is quite <laughs> prominent. There's man junk. <laughs> yeah. There's man junk a swinging. Yeah, and, you know, obviously <laughs> it's, it's, it's not his actual man junk, I don't think. But um, Hey, you never know. He's a brave man for sticking those um, those little LED things on his own. <laughs> <laughs> you could imagine the conversation. Boys, yeah. on set, turn the heat up. <laughs> I don't want any cross breeze. <laughs> have, you actually, have you actually seen um, production photographs of... Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If the people aren't away, what they basically did is that Billy Crudup was, wasn't in a... Like, he wasn't in a motion capture suit per se. No. Um, he, 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 well, he did have like a bodysuit, and he had the LEDs, so he, so they could they could capture his facial movements, etc. But what they did is was to give it like the glow. So when people were speaking to him, they had a, a, a blue glow reflecting. Yeah. Um, but when they were making the film, they actually did have like a bodybuilder's body digitally copied. Yes. And they put it onto Billy Crudup's frame, and see, this is what I mean with the special effects yeah. because there's something you you know you might say is quite out there and all the rest. That's how they did it, and that's how he gives him his look. But I think he does really, really... He is Dr. Manhattan at the end of yeah. the day. Yeah, oh, completely. And again, Manhattan. he sounded like, I would imagine, Dr. Ha- Manhattan yes. sounded. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jeffrey D. Morgan is the comedian. Is is as written in the, in the book, isn't he? He's a total bastard. Yeah. Total bastard. I think the, I think the phrase is, what a cunt. Well, you, you, you're often fond of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an episode these days now. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, it, it can't be an episode anymore unless I say, say the C word at least three no. or four times. No, no. And with me sniffing, you dropping the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be this podcast at the moment. No, it wouldn't. Um, I, something I must say, and I'm going to go off piece slightly. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan. He's probably better known to a lot of people now yes. as, as Negan from The Walking Dead. Now, I'm going to have a, a slight rant. It's not going to be long, but here it is. 
my, my little rant about The Walking Dead. And go. <laughs> Basically, I stopped watching it. I stopped watching it halfway through the current season that's just gone on, um, mainly because it was boring. Yes. Which a TV show about zombies and people fighting against each other should never, ever be. I always say the same thing about action films. If an action film is boring, you haven't made an action film. No. Right? The problem I have with the, the, the Walking Dead is the issue started two seasons, three seasons ago. With yep. the introduction of two characters, and this is nothing against the actors, because they're both fine actors, and they genuinely, genuinely are. It is the characters. It is the character of King Ezekiel. <laughs> yeah, I che- with the books I checked out when the because I, I, I was reading the I was reading the I was reading the the the, uh, the, the comics when they were coming out, uh, and I checked out completely when the giant tiger when the guy with the tiger showed up. That was it. Done. Thank you. I'm out. Right, and you've just illustrated the point exactly. And the second one was the introduction of Negan. Yeah, slightly controversial to some I, uh, to some years perhaps, but hear me out. <laughs> Negan is, is a terrific character. In the TV show, he's restrained. In yes. the books, he's totally unrestrained. But yes. because of the confines in television, yes. he, can't, he can't utter profanities like he does in the book. No. Also, yes, he's a complete bastard. <laughs> Funny enough, like the comedian. But the, the, the TV show is stumbling over itself to accommodate that character. Yes. Shoot and him in. Yeah, and it is failing as a result of it. Completely. Completely. So people are checking out the TV show because of those points, I think, personally. Um, I think it's been released, um, it's been revealed Andrew Lincoln is leaving. Yeah. Which, you know, is... I think that's the death knell for the show. That is the death knell as far as I am concerned. Um, Lauren Conrad has left the show or is in the process of leaving also, who is another was another plus point to the t- to the television show. Yeah, completely. However, they can see that things are going south. Um, the rest of uh, you know, it's a it's a crying crying shame because yeah, when the when the TV show started, it was a bit a bit of a revelation, wasn't it? You know, that um, first season, that first Frank season, Darabont. yeah, is the Frank Darabont one, yeah, brilliant. It is. And I would probably say I would probably say the first three seasons, yeah, are I would brilliant. Yeah, I would completely agree, agree with you. They were some of the some of those episodes are uh, thrilling, exciting, scary, crushing emotionally. Some yeah. of them, oh, know, completely, some of them, completely. Literally, Jesus Christ, it's heart wrenching. But I think, whereas the producers may may maintain that the, the, the TV show can run and run and run, it can't. No, it, it, no. It, its time is over. I think probably. It was probably over perhaps two seasons ago, three yeah, seasons ago. Yeah. Have you watched The Fear of the Walking Dead? I watched the first season and I thought it was average beyond belief. The first episode I thought was really, really... I thought the first episode was excellent. But it didn't maintain it? No, not completely. And again, after two... I checked out halfway through the second season. No, I... Um, and you I were talking the, to somebody who is obsessed with zombies. Yeah, and you know, there you are then, you're the demographic, yeah? And if you've checked out, uh, I'm just a fan of good TV shows myself, personally. Uh, but I I, th- I really do think the introduction of those two characters was the death knell of The Walking Dead. And we come back now to <laughs> the rest of the cast who I've listed as the weak links. Okay. I, you've got, obviously, you've got uh, Carlo... Uh, 
Gugino. She's not one of them. <laughs> she's not was, one of the It was Sally Jupiter. Um, no, she's, not, she's not one of the weaklings. And then you've she's got really good. She's a brilliant actress. A silk, yeah, Silk Spectre 1. Yes. And then you've got uh, Marlene Ackerman, who was Silk Spectre 2. Um, Laurie Jupiter, you know, of course, Laurie Jupiter. Um, okay. It's an interesting costume choice. It is. The wig is ridiculous. The, Doesn't suit her. The practicalities of that in a combat situation. Nil. <laughs> Nil. Um, yeah. And we're moving on. <laughs> yeah. She's, um, I don't know if you've seen the TV show Billions, which is on. I haven't. Been on I haven't. With, with um, Damien Lewis and Paul Giamatti. Yes. It's set in the uber wealthy uh, in New York stock markets and stuff. Sounds boring. Is utterly brilliant. Yeah, she's in it. She's fantastic in it. She's really good. I really do think she was miscast in this, though. I, I, there's a couple of line deri- there's deliveries. A couple of, but then I. <sighs> but then, if you read, if you read Silk Spectre two in the books, she starts off as a relatively young girl. Yes, she, she does. Yeah, and she becomes an adult. But uh, I don't want to call it naivety because it's not naivety. What do I want to call it? Um, she doesn't convince, unfortunately. No, she doesn't. And I think, no. um, I think she's a character that you know, is it's supposedly the emotional beating heart of the film because she, you know, she is the sort of she is the one who kind of sets lots of things in motion. Yeah. For yes. It. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, and being pretty much the only woman in the main cast because you know she, she's in a really difficult job and i don't think the lines of dialogue for her help no and that is one of the points i made there's there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of exchanges where the line the the, the delivery is off yes yeah and the delivery is off yeah it's not it's not good but however when it comes to the actual, the the physical, the physicality of it, and some of the fight scenes and what have you, she does really, really you know, she, she yeah. she's able to hold her own very, very well. Yeah, definitely, definitely, very, but, very uh, well. Yeah, it's it was a there was a bit a bit a bit, 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 bit miscast as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Um, so, come on, who's your other one? Um, the world's smartest man, Ozzy Mandayes. <laughs> Uh, Matthew Good. Matthew Good is wooden. A bit wooden. <laughs> ah, splitters. Ow. Ow. <laughs> yeah, Ow. he's he, again. He falls victim to a pretty poor wig. Um, <laughs> that that centre part in or side yeah. part in. I no, mean, you can you can even see the join of the wig on his forehead. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a hard it, roll. It's a it hard is. roll. It is. It is, but um, he, he doesn't convince somebody, which is, is surprising because um, if you look at the long gestation of the making of this film, Paul yeah. Greengrass was, um, in 2005, um, they, they set the studio up and everything yeah. uh, at Pinewood, didn't they? And they were yes. making Paul Greengrass's version of Watchmen. Are you aware of the cast that he had in no, place? No, I... I... <laughs> I have read it, but come on, let me give me the give me the rundown. Right, 
Rorschach, Rorschach, oh God, but I've just put my teeth back in a second. <laughs> Rorschach was going to be Paddy Considine. Mm. Now, I don't think he would have been the right fit. I think Paddy Considine is, uh, is he's a tremendous best, actor. He's, a, he's, he's one of the best British actors in years. He genuinely, genuinely is. Dead Man Shoes. I'll just leave that out there. Dead Man Shoes. Shane Meadows is. God, bleak, it's bleak beyond Oh, God, the, it's bleak. It is bleak, bleak beyond belief. However, he is just extraordinary in Dead Man's Shoes. Um, he was his um, Rorschach. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix was down for Night Owl 2, which hmm. potentially, I, whether he would have been the right age or sort of dem, age group, I don't know. He didn't have a Dr. Manhattan, which... I think sort of suggests that they were probably looking at a CGI. Yeah, yeah. So like, like I know Billy Crudup is, but there was nobody in the frame at that time. Ozymandias, um, Jude Law was down for uh, Ozymandias. Yeah. Now that that I th- I see is ideal casting because you're looking at a athletic, good-looking, pretty man who probably could carry off the air and grace of um, you know the the, the of a very, too, a very well. He is too small, though. Perhaps. His height, height-wise, he is too small. Oh yeah, perhaps yeah, but you know, digital trickery might have you know been able to alter it. <laughs> uh, Silk Spectre two would have been Hillary Swank, which mm. I don't know. You know, would she have been ideal or not? We'll never yeah, know. I don't know. Don't However, know. the absolute pinnacle of the cast in the Greengrass and put together and who he wanted for the comedian Bob was Hellboy Hel- Hel- himself Ron oh, Pearl you see now that would have worked that would have worked. worked I, I totally agree with that that would have worked um, I would have equally like I said like to see Bob Hoskins <laughs> Hoskins I suppose it is it just, just, just to see somebody who's completely you know not physical in any way shape or form at that yeah. uh, the that would have been a really uh, yeah. interesting thing. Yeah, and he'd probably if if he was if you were to read the books, um, sort of the, the age to what the character he would have been is, the right age. He would have been the right age. The right age. Yeah, yeah. 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 But um, that's what Greengrass wanted. But you know, as Bob Pullman would have been perfect. He would have been. He would. Have I mean, been. if you look at him and you know, I, I mean, I like Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy is a great show. Um, yeah, it was a really good show. You know, it had its issues, like many long running shows. Show. Yeah, yeah, but, but you know, he was terrific as Clay Morrow. You, he was you can brilliant. see him as you can see him as the comedian. You can you you can see it in that. You yeah. can see it and I, yeah. I would I would argue as well. He'd probably be an even more grizzled the comedian than Jeffrey D. Morgan was. Yes, yeah, I loved. I do what I one of my favorite scenes actually in this film um is where he breaks into uh, Morlock's house. Yo, I'm and Morlock the mystic. Yeah, 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 and he's sat on the edge of his bed and he's crying. Yeah. yeah. That is, you know, that is somebody who is you know completely haunted. Completely haunted. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, that would have been interesting wouldn't it? But funny enough, um Paul Greengrass was one of many, many filmmakers to have a go at trying to adapt it. Um, some of them are extremely well known. Yeah, there was two that I wasn't aware of, which totally threw me. 
when I was doing a bit of research into this, um, Teddy Gilliam quite publicly tried and tried. Yes. Um, I, yeah. Um, I thought it would have worked. Well, he, he argued that the, the book was too dense, there was too much going on, and it should have been a TV series. Now, when which he is, looked at it... Which has now been... Uh, which is up, exactly. Uh, have you seen who's been cast in it, though? Yeah. It's, Lou it's, Gossett it's, Jr. Yeah. Mr. Megan Eagle. Yeah. Uh, Don Johnson's in it Don as Johnson's well. in it. Don, I can't remember. Don Johnson's in it. I would, I, I've got it written down on my notes. I'm just going to scroll through it now. But Don Johnson's in it. Um, you've got... Um, Regina King is in it. Yeah, I love. She's brilliant, Regina King. She's really, really good. Tim Blake Nelson. All right, yeah. Tim Blake Nelson's in it. Yeah. Um, and that is pretty much the big names in it at the moment. But Lou Gossett Jr. I I don't know what role he's going to play. I I don't. I'm I'm, I'm really apprehensive about this. Um, simply because. I, I, I'm of the opinion that this adaptation is probably the best that you will ever see. I think it's spot on. I think it is absolutely yeah. spot on in terms of adaptation. Is it perfect? No, but it is no. spot on. Yeah, it's not perfect. We've already alluded as to certain reasons why it's not perfect. But um, other f- filmmakers, um, um, Darren Aronofsky um, was seriously considered, Oof. but production um, issues prevented him from getting to make it and then he went to make the fountain or something, or something <laughs> like that. Um, I never fancied that film see the fountain I tried I tried I tried you know <laughs> after after the wholesome family entertainment that was Requiem for a Dream I, I sort of sort of bypassed the fountain see I know. do think they should show Requiem for a Dream to every child of secondary school age I would completely agree with you. I would totally. This is what this is what happens. <laughs> yeah, you don't all turn it, out like it, Keith Richards. No. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's horrible, and that's not. It's not. It's not a bad film. It's a brilliant film. It, 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 it's it is horrible. It is. It's just dark. It's just. I remember after watching it, um, <laughs> being sat in my living room, just sat there. I'm just yeah. just thinking. I'd need a shower. <laughs> yes. I need a shower and at least a twenty-minute cry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unrelentlessly horrible, horrible, yeah. horrible film. Um, and it, it if you think it, 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 there's probably people. There was probably in the text that um, on moral outrage, it glamorizes drugs. Jesus Christ, Christ no! no. If oh, that no. is glamorizing drugs, holy shit! Exactly, it's the train spotting argument. Then there was people saying that it glamorizes drugs. No, it doesn't. No. no. no, 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 no. Um, Tim Burton was very, very briefly attached to making this. Which, Would be too campy. I don't know about campy. I think. Yeah, I mean, even even when he sort of, you know, when we look at Batman. Yeah. Uh, you know that is that there's a touch of camp there. Batman Returns, I, as dark say, yeah. as that is, there's definitely a touch of camp in there. And yes, even yes. like some of his, you know, some of his other stuff, even, you know, I mean, the Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, there's a touch in there. Yeah. You know, but yeah. then I think that's more to do with Johnny Depp's performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the fact that he admitted uh, that he played Ichabod Crane as a 12 year old girl. <laughs> yeah, but having said that, talking about Tim Burton, have you seen the trailer for Dumbo? 
do you know what? I've avoided it because I this anybody mentions Dumbo, it I I'm having like so I almost have like that sort of watership down PTSD <laughs> kind of flashbacks to that elephant crying and it's singing and just I've gotta be honest, it's only a minute and a half long. I Almost blumped my eyes out. I'm a trailer. What the hell? I don't know. I just can't. I can't. Looks, honestly, it looks brilliant in fairness. It looks really, really good. And when I showed it to the, my kids, uh, <laughs> my, son, my son actually said, Oh, it looks really good, and I love them more, but it makes me cry, and they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's good. Yeah, I just don't. I just couldn't. It's, it's, I just it's, can't. It's going to be like when we watch Coco. Um, we watch Coco. <laughs> Pixar's latest absolute bonafide masterpiece. It, oh my god, amazing film! Absolutely amazing film. It's my second favorite Pixar film now. Coco. <laughs> no, honestly, genuinely, it is. It's that good. It's that good. Up is number one. Yes. Up is, up, up is number one, mainly for the first 20 minutes, oh, which God. is probably the most perfect 20 minutes you will ever see in the cinema. Yes. Genuine. I'm going to take your inner child and dick punch him till he's dead, because yeah. that was just a heart, heart-breaking moment. You thought Requiem for a Dream was <laughs> and uh, Greg, go back to the Watchman. There was one director who was attached to it, and the mere thought of it happening, potentially or otherwise, makes me scream to my bones. Go for it, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Sorry, I was just, I was just sick a little bit in my mouth. Sorry. Could you imagine the Michael Bay version of Watchmen? Yeah, I can. Very loud noises. <laughs> All shot at sort of you know with that 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 the you know, the Michael Bay time with the twingy light. Yeah, yeah. Dusk, dusk is yeah. the you know the magic hour as they call it, isn't it? Can I tell um, you about my experience of watching Pearl Harbor, where I nearly got thrown out of the cinema? <laughs> Bring me that anecdote. I shouted at the screen pretty much the entire film. <laughs> it looks like the war started. It's been fucking going for years. Yeah. I went. I I I insisted on going to see the first Transformers film. Um, yes. Yes. We are of that, yes. that generation with that fabulous TV show, the cartoon. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Um, despite all my sort of misgivings about, um, well, at the, actually, at the time, Michael Bay had, had a pretty good role, didn't he? I mean, you had, you had bad boys, and you know that was, you know, I enjoyed bad boys, yeah, and you know, and, bad boys. You had The Rock, which yeah, was yeah, was great, you know, despite Sean Connery punching women in it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Armageddon, for all its faults, is popcorn at the end of the day, you know. And it's, if you look at the cast of Armageddon, the cast of Armageddon is pretty brilliant in fairness. Yes. But, um, yeah, you know, but then he sort of cock-punched everybody with Transformers. <laughs> <when> he, <laughs> he sort of blindsided one, didn't he? Yeah, not Transformers, because Transformers 1, despite its many issues, it's too loud and it's too brash and all the rest. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. okay, it's not brilliant. But then you had the heap of shit sequels, the third of which I refused to watch. 
I'm I tried the Marky Mark one and I'm turned it off after 20 minutes. I love how you keep calling him Marky Mark. He's <laughs> fucking Marky Mark, isn't he? You know, it's like Ron Howard, you kind of nam. Yes. You know, so. Um, Marky yeah. Mark and the Funky Bunch. Oh. Yeah. And, and you know, no, the Transformers sequels are the equivalent to when you're, you know, you're in school and your friend sack taps you as you're walking down the corridor, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like Ebola, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a bowler of the they're soul. That, they're that bad, like. But um, I, I did come out to the cinema after the Transformers, and the first words out of my mouth was, "I got a headache." Yes. Yeah. Because you totally bombarded with noise, and noise after noise, and. You know, Megan Fox can't act for shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, I don't think she was hired for her acting ability, though, was she? <laughs> no, no. But then it makes you think, right? There's the, there is the love sequence in Zack Snyder's adapta- adaptation, you know, um, which has a little bit of a lingering shot of Marlon Akin in his bottom. Yes. And could you imagine the Zach, uh, sorry, the Michael Bay version of that? It just, yeah. I say no more. I'll say no more, right? talking about that love sequence it's the it's seconds <laughs> it's 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 almost like the classic love scene in front of the fireplace isn't yes it? yes yeah and it even has fire in it yes it does it does <laughs> right? and the fact she leaves her boots on yes you know each to their own and all the rest right but the last time i saw a sequence like that was in ben affleck's daredevil <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, I mean, in a second, we're going to be talking about the you know the deconstruction of the superhero. I think Ben Affleck's Daredevil is taking a chainsaw. It's the dissection of the superhero. You know, yeah. it's uh, oh uh, no, oh. God. Colin Farrell's right in fairness is bullseye, but he's the rest... pissed the entire time he's on set, though. Oh, he's, he's a wheel of a time. <laughs> he's having a total wheel of a time. Um, Mr. Farrell, we're ready for you. Just give me a minute. <laughs> <sighs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, and it, it's funny, isn't it? Because it, those 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 big name directors at the end of the day, you know, they they saw the source novel for what it is and was, and you know, none of them could get it made. No, no. Um, I wouldn't mind betting it was probably down to trying to adapt the book. Yes, and this is this is something that I personally feel about Zack Snyder's version of Watchmen, right? There's no way the book could have been adapted to make a cohesive film. Don't no, get me wrong, no, this, no, film is, no. it's, this film is two hours, 40 minutes long, is it? Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, the... I mean the and the director, director's cut is three hours? Yes, three hours. And there's the ultimate cut, is it? An ultimate edition that's got yeah. the actual tale of the Black Freighter yes. interwoven with it? Yeah. yeah. Right. There we are then, right? The original theatrical version, as far as I'm concerned is a brilliant job of a novel that quite rightly, you know, would, would never have in a million years been made 10, no. 15 years ago. No, no. I mean, the director's cut brings the film, you know, the theatrical cut was 162 minutes. Mm-hmm. The director's cut is 186 minutes. Right. And in that, you get expanded action scenes and additional sort of, and, and, and a bit more exposition. Um, and then the ultimate cut... Which, because the theatrical cut is 162 minutes, but the ultimate cut is 215 minutes. Oh my god! Now, I, 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 the only version I've ever seen is the theatrical version. I haven't seen. The, I, I watched. I watched the director's cut. Yeah, and it's bloated. Right. It's bloated. 
it don't get me wrong and because one of the things I was going to just I was going to talk about is the action you know some of the action scenes in this are superb and I'm a massive you know I really you know a massive credit has got to go to the fight choreographer on this um Damon Caro um because what I think is really really cool is he uses a lot of um uh Filipino uh martial arts in this he uses um Lots of screamer, um, lots of Kali, lots of Arnis, um, you know, and because like lots of the Filipino martial arts sort of emphasizes sort of weapon based stuff, so like sticks, those type of things. But the hand to hand sort of stuff is very, very free flowing, and that's where you get all those scenes with, with, with the arm, the, the limb destruction, and things. Yeah, yeah. And the movement and the flowing of that is really, really good because lots of people sort of, um, <coughs> and obviously the raid um, uses uh, Silat. Um, which again is very, very has sort of lots of free flowing movements and those type of things, where lots of people have sort of gone very much down. And don't get me wrong, this is you know, this is my you know my big thing is Krav Maga. Lots of people have gone down the Krav Maga route, which is very, very sort of bang, crash, bang, wallop, and brutal. But there's no flow. It can be quite staccato because you're hitting those. You know, you 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 counter, but you you sort of there is that defense and counter attack at the same time. Well, whereas on screen, um, for screen fight, you know, for, for, for screen f- uh, fights and those type of things, it's there's that movement and there's that flow, and I think it's really, really the, one of my favourite scenes. There's a couple. There's the scene where they get mugged. They they try to get mugged in the alley. Yeah. The movement of that is absolutely superb, and the scenes in the cinema, um, in on the cinema in the prison. Yeah. That you know, you know that is you know, and that, you guess the the brilliant line is you're locked in here with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and again, you know, this comes back to the the adaptation. Um, you know, it is it is extremely faithful to the source source material, which is quite remarkable when you think about it. Because yeah, there was a lot jettisoned, but those 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 things that were jettisoned were done for a very very good reason. Yes. Um, if you think that a superhero movie would end well with a giant alien squid crushing New York, yeah. <laughs> well, if you think that would have worked, A, you're silly, B, you've got, you're too much of a purist to the source material, yeah. and C, you need to study filmmaking. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a hugely faithful adaption um, of the sort, considering, you know, some some of it is is quite brilliantly told in the opening title sequence. At least we forget. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, we got it. I mean, that title sequence to you know the times that are changing, and I mean, even in the very title, there, you know, we're talking about an alternative um, universe, um, yeah. and that that you know, and just breaking down that sort of that opening. You get and there's loads of little pieces of like Easter egg information in there, you know yeah. that opening bit where you get like the original Night Owl where he's punching the robber. Yeah. Now, if you the look in the part, but that's Deflator Mouse. Yeah. And the people yeah. that he's saving are Martha and other wings. So yeah. in this universe, then, so Batman becomes the fictional character. Yeah. Um, and then you, the next shot, then you got like you got Silk Spectre holding the, you know, the. Um, that you you see the original Silk Spectre holding her um, the the headlines from the newspaper, and then it goes into you. You got the comedian then showing up, and he's got that. You know, there's a big. It, it typifies these characters, and it gives you masses amounts of exposition, 
yeah. and it gives you a glimpse into this universe that can you imagine how having that dumped on you exactly exactly you know? and I, I i think that's i think that's why people fall over themselves to exclaim how good that title sequence is and i mean like even the bit with the silk specter and uh, um, not silk specter uh, the silhouette where you see yeah. her grabbing the nurse and kissing the nurse yeah and and, yeah. and what i love about that is you see the rise of the minutemen yeah and then you see the fall of the minutemen yeah you know and yeah. i mean the fact that that poor bugger gets his cape caught in the door yeah and they gun yeah. him down yeah and, and then, you see mothman being dragged away yeah yeah you know biting the orderlies yeah. you know <laughs> You know, it's 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 remarkable. It really, really is. I mean, even and to the you know, where they go to Da Vinci's Last Supper, haven't they? When they're all sat at yeah, the table. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and the the, the Studio Fifty Four nod yeah. with uh, Bowie and Jagger outside as well. Yeah, the village people. Yeah, yeah, yeah the village you know, people out there. It's, it's absolutely brilliantly done. And what what I will say as well about Snyder. Um, like um, I know we, we we did say we'd speak about it. Um, he's obviously a, a very clever guy, you know, to sort of think right. Well, I can't go back and realistically release a studio film where I'm going to have everybody's exposition, everybody's backstory. I'm not going to be able to do it. No. So what I'm going to do is this, and that is why that title sequence absolutely I mean, blows I- you. And I think one thing you can clearly say is that he he very much fits into auto, he's very much an auteur. You can tell that a Zack Snyder film. Yeah, and you can tell that, and it's got a stamp over it, and it's very earnest. Yeah, and I, 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 I will say that the old slow down, speed up sequences. He needs a new trick, if I'm honest. Yeah. You know, yeah. it worked. It worked in Three Hundred. Um, I Have you watched that recently? I, I don't think it's a brilliant film. It's good. <laughs> I don't think it's a brilliant film. I really don't. I mean, I've always said the same thing. Um, it's good. Um, I can see why it was popular, and I can see why. But um, I do love how it became the bro movie. <laughs> that, is a, that, is a, that is a very good way of describing it. It is the bro movie. movie because it kind of yeah. sort of exploded CrossFit onto the world. Because <laughs> everybody wanted to look like one of the three hundred. I know yeah. what I love is you get all it, you know, and, and I see it every day. In the you know, you know, you're you're in the gym, and you see you know, you see all the bros like do you lift bro, and they you know they they're doing cleans and then they're doing you know they, then they think they got to run a mile and they do all their CrossFit stuff, and they're all desperate to look like one of the Spartans. And one of the things that they all forget is that <laughs> you know. These, you know, these these actors had personal trainers, personal nutritionists, um, possible some me- Mexican supplementation added to their diet. They also had their abs drawn on. Yes, <laughs> and that's the other thing I was going to come to. They, they, look, guys, as much as you want to do it, you, unless you're going to get your missus's fine liner out and draw exactly. them on, exactly, it ain't happening. Exactly, um, but. Uh, Going back to Snyder, um, I think we're both of the opinion that his Dawn of the Dead is fantastic. Oh, it's, 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 really it's just, it's, it's unreal. Again, with amazing title sequence. Yeah. Johnny Cash, The Man Comes Around. Yeah. Well, it's, oh. my fav- it's probably my favourite, it, it is, it is, it is my favourite opening to a film of all time. Really? It's, yeah. It's just utterly brilliant because before you get to the title sequence, you've got that sequence of new way. It is end know. sequence. 
the what? Sorry? Even the end sequence to that film is amazing. Yeah, yeah I think I think it's fantastic, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that film. I really do think people. Yeah. But the thing is, it was a massive hit, wasn't it? Oh, it was huge. You know, and I think it I think it did a lot to sort of start this. Um, the sparking of the the, the zombie uh, film started oh, huge, it. hugely. And I mean, the, the you get that amazing opening, and then you get the end into it. And the second you get that ended, and the second you hear oh, ah! the yeah. second you hear that, it's like yes, <laughs> it's 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 terrific. And that again, that title sequence is amazing. But I, there's another thing I always think about Zack Snyder films. Um, I don't know whether you you thought the same um, because unbelievably we do our things separately, but yet yeah. we, we we sort of come around to the same things. Zack Snyder always has brilliant trailers to his yes. films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he started his career in making commercials. Yes, he did, and, he, and yeah. obviously, and the Subaru commercial is you know you, there is a visual flair that he brings to. St- so he is absolutely perfect in montage, um, yeah. and. In some ways, you could almost look at Watchmen as almost a, f- you know, it's a film in very, very specific chapters. Yeah. And you get, you know, and I think that's kind of spent, you get a lot of time spent um, focusing on those chapters and those sort of, because there's multiple storylines going on. And I think it's one of my favorite parts of the film is where it slows down and you get the Dr. Manhattan stuff. Absolutely, and you get a real. There's some real, and people look at it, and visually, it's it, it is it's, it's fantastic to look at, but it slows down. Yeah, and when you think of Zack Snyder's films, they they, they they're not exactly glacial pace today. Um, it, it, you know, they can feel like it, mind you. <laughs> this is what I'm coming to. This is what I'm coming to. Um, you know, Snyder's probably better known these days for making um, Batman, Superman, Man of Steel, and Just, yeah, yeah, Justice yeah. League. You know, but I will say, um, going back to the trailers, that the Man of Steel trailer, the last trailer for Man of Steel, the three-minute long yeah, one, yeah, 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 is absolutely fucking brilliant. Yeah, it is phenomenal, and the music, Hans Zimmer's score is amazing. Hans Zimmer is, is, I love Hans Zimmer. I love yeah. Hans Zimmer. You've... You know, unbeknownst to me, a, a, a work colleague of mine went. Did, did Hans Zimmer did, did a tour around Europe? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I know went to go and see it live, and he said it was simply incredible. He said it's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. He said the man's music just soars in a live environment. Yeah, you know, you think now we'd probably listen to those soundtracks, you know, via computers or iPads or whatnot. But you can't see it there. But yeah, but that's that that trailer is incredible. I mean, Jen is incredible, and I, I I so wish we'd seen Krypton. That that version of Krypton that was in yeah. that film is yeah. brilliant. I mean, th- but I mean, the last forty minutes just totally ruined the film. <laughs> yeah, the thing with and I mean, you know, one of the things that we we're dealing with as well with Watchmen is we're dealing with very very, you know, you can boil. I think you can kind of boil it down to like almost three sort of three main films in the you know within the film, and that's been and that's really really oversimplifying it. Um, you've got the theme. You know of that, um, how people respond to violence and abuse in their mm. relationships, um, because and how, because if you look at like you know when you look at all of the all of the Watchmen, 
they all have some level of they, they they are damaged people you know you look at i mean the rochak is your classic sociopath almost um well he is he, you know he is a psychopath in that he is you know he he fits that model doesn't he of the abused child who then goes on but he take instead of him just chopping up random people he becomes yeah. the avenging angel yeah, you know? yeah, and his, his, his total disdain towards humanity is there for all to see, yeah, isn't it, yeah. from the off. And again, going back to the title sequence, that little snippet of him as, you know, yeah. uh, of a young, as a youngster. As the child. And then, yeah, and then his um, his sequence then, because you've got the Dr. Manhattan sequence, yeah, you've yeah. got the Rorschach sequence as well, didn't you? and you've got, like... Um, uh, Night Owl sequence and yeah. when he's with um, the original Night Owl Hollis Mason, isn't yes. it? but yeah, you, you, bang, you bang on, but you, you, you put you are and like, bang on the whole You see, like his, you know, that that dysfunctional relationship, and then you go to like, um, you go to like, you know, Night Owl with Silk Spectre, you know, and their relationship, and you can clearly see after that fight that they become excited by it. Yeah, and the only way that sort of. Um, you know, <laughs> Nightel becomes sort of, and, and Patrick Wilson is really, really good at this. You know, the only way that Knight, you know, Dan Dreiber becomes sexually aroused is act, act, after he has caused some, he has inflicted some form of violence. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, again, is a, is a deep, is, is quite a disturbing thing in that yeah. his life has become so empty that he now needs yeah. to fill it with, you know, this. And then you've go, you, you, you've got Dr. Manhattan who is slow, you know, whether or not he, we talked that he's probably the most, he has the most, there's the most level of humanity within him. And he sort of, he feeds in, and then you, his sort of story is almost parallel with, uh, you know, the Ozymandias or, you know, he's got that sort of, it's that sort of idea of the disconnection yeah. between humanity. And you've got his disconnection, Dr. Manhattan's disconnection, because he, he can't connect Two, two, two people no. and then no. sort of rather than sort of suffer <clears throat> any further he, he, take, he, he just isolates himself you know, yeah. so much so he takes himself to Mars <laughs> yeah yeah. and then you've got um, you've got you know Ozymandias you know it's the idea that absolute power you know power corrupts absolutely and he's yeah. got to that point and he's sort of Though all of these, you know, all of these sort of really deeply, and I mean, a lot of this comes back to like Alan Moore, and I'm going to say it now is, you know, it's that deconstruction of the superhero. Yeah, I think he's gone on record as saying, isn't he, that that was his intention purely yeah. for yeah, um, I mean, Watchmen, wasn't it? If you think about you think about our superheroes, you 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 look at you know the, the idea behind the superhero, it's that sort of you know, it's very much. They do fall into the the Greek, the classical Greek myth, mythology of the hero's journey and those type of things. But actually, um, it, we, this, you know, when you if you, if we just take some, let's take Superman and Batman, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, and what we've got here, it falls very much into that sort of um, almost sort of um, Nietzschean. It does fall very much into sort of Nietzsche in that sort of idea of nihilism. So you get, um, you got Ozymandias, you know, uh, in Watchmen. He can, it's the sort of, 
the Ubermenschen, the Uberman, that sort of homo superior idea of I am the great, you know, I, I, my ego is this big, and I, I don't know why I'm doing, you know, because obviously it's a podcast and using my hands, but it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but you sort of this concept of a man who is this this superior being, he knows what's best, and in yeah. order for everybody else to be superior, superior, and to get you know to to bring the world together, I am going to kill millions of people. Yeah, you know, and like he sort of him and Manhattan, they have this idea, you know, they, they, they sort of they both from different ends of the spectrum have this idea of almost like with Dr. Manhattan, he comes to the conclusion that mankind need an enemy, a mutual enemy to, to unite themselves against. Whereas Ozymandias decides that, well, actually, if I wipe out half of humanity, everybody will unite in that way and we can rebuild. Yeah. It's, and very, it's very nihilistic. It's very, yeah. very nihilistic. <clears throat> yeah. And this is why I think the adaption... Um, works so well as it does because to have <laughs> to have a giant lobster dropped on New York City <laughs> just wouldn't have worked with it. Let's be perfectly honest yeah. and frank about it. You know, yeah. Even, I, I'll be honest with you, right? Even in the book, I sometimes and I've read the book a couple of times. You know, even in the book, I've I've often thought, well, really, that doesn't, you know. It doesn't really sort of convince. Yeah. Up to that point, does that make sense yeah, to you? Yeah. But one of the things that, I, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree with you with that. But for me, one of the bits that really resonates with me is that out of all of the characters in this, out of all of the you know the so-called superheroes, it's the raging psychopath Rorschach. He is the only one who is willing to f- go right to the end. The yeah. rest of them are just kind of like, oh, we're all going to die. Yeah. All right, yeah. then. Whereas Rorschach kind of sort of, he knows um, that, you know, he, he will see it, you know, he, you know he, sort of, he will see it all the way through to the end. Yeah. And his, yeah. Ultimate, and, his, and his ultimate end. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, even though Manhattan agrees almost with what Ozymandias does, you know, he can't bring himself to allow the plan not to work. Does no, that? No, yeah, that, completely, does, completely. Yeah. And like, yeah. and on, if you think about throughout the film, Manhattan is almost this godlike being. Well, where he, he can, where he can intercede. Yeah, yeah, and it's, but he it's highlighted. Yeah, exactly. Um, the classic case or example of that is when the comedian shoots the Vietnamese girl dead, isn't it? Mm. And he, try, he, he, he tries to interject, and when it's like the comedian turns around and says, "Yeah, you know, he, he says, well, the thing is, you could have turned that gun to, what did he say? You, you could have turned the bullets to mercury, yeah. and you could have turned, you could yeah. have turned the, 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 the gun the, to the steam gun, and the bullet to, gun to uh, steam. Yeah. yeah. He said, you could have done that, but you didn't do it. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, you know, that detachment is still there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can see it. He can see what's going to happen. He sees, well, he sees everything, doesn't he? Yeah. He, just can't, he can't see. Can he see in the future? He can see his own future and his own past. Right, right, right. I, I couldn't remember whether he'd had other people's um, futures as well. But, um, no, I, I, I think you're right. I, I also, as well, I always sort of associated, rightly or wrongly, 
Manhattan and the Night Owl to Batman and Superman. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because yeah. what you get, you get this idea, and in a lot, in not so much in UK-based comics. And there's a really clever guy called Peter Sanderson, um, and he did a there's a he did a series of lectures in like 2000 and, 2007, and he talks about in his lectures um, that. And he, and he does a really good lecture on Watchmen, actually. And one of the things that he talks about in that is, like, the idea that, you know, we've got... The, and it goes and again, it goes back to Nietzsche, is that that, that Superman, um, it, it, it just makes... It, it basically, it's, it's, I'm trying to word this, right, because it's quite a complex idea, is the idea that Clark... Superman uses Clark Kent to disguise who he is. Mm-hmm. And so, it, realistically, Superman could, and in the same way Dr. Manhattan could, impose his will on the rest of society. Yeah. Right? But he just, but he chooses to help, just to protect it, right? Yeah. And then we get this idea, so what we get then is this idea that actually Superman is the real guy. Mm-hmm. Clark Kent is just the identity that's made up for himself. In the same way, um, Bruce Wayne is the made-up identity of Batman. Yeah. So what we've got here is that the Night Owl is really the real person. And Ozymandias is um, the real person. Because Adrian Vedit is is the construct Mm. that Mandes hides behind. And, like, it's the same part of the reason why he, you know... um, Dan Drybeg suddenly becomes alive again when he becomes the Night Owl. Mm-hmm. It's that it's the idea that they created these false personalities and they live in their lives through these false yeah. personalities. Yeah. Well, Manhattan is referred to uh, is the sequence, isn't it? You know, we have the Superman, isn't it? Yeah, and he is American. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's, it it sort of falls back in it, in on itself, doesn't it? The, the, yeah. the comic book universe then almost, doesn't it? Yes. You know, it's an alternative reality. Uh, yeah. Alternate 1985 or whatever it is. But, um, yeah. And, um, yeah, you, you you are right. You are right. Long winded, but you are right. Yeah, it's a long way to go right. You know, you're right. I'm trying to explain Nietzsche, Nietzsche via comic books. And I haven't got any notes in front of me on that one. So I'm just doing it completely from memory. So any of you with a degree in philosophy or anything else, please, you know, correct me. But, um, See, we get deep sometimes, don't we? We go down some fucking rabbit holes. Yeah, I've got an headache now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no, you are right. You are right. And the thing is, I think you can you can associate that with it to a lot of um, the comic book pantheon, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, 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 there's probably hundreds of texts devoted to it already. You know. But, uh, See, we've gone from but, big blue cocks to Nietzsche. <laughs> Well, I was, yeah, I, I was. I got to mention as well. Ozymandias is the, the name of one of my favourite episodes of Breaking Bad as well. So it is just one of the last. What I call the last five. Those last five episodes are just. I tell you, another great sequence in this, and I love. I, I I just I wince every time I see it. Nowhere the the guy comes to assassinate him in his office. Oh yes, and he oh, hides yeah. behind the bullet. The, those people. Yes, and she can and shot he, the leg in there. And he picks up the um, barrier, the, the barrier. barrier. And when he hits him with that, <laughs> I just think, 
Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. And that's that, there's a, the classic uh, Snyder slow down, speed up, isn't it? Yes. Because he, he speeds it up right along with and the camera swings, doesn't he? Like yeah. that. Yeah. So you see the full impact and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And again, you know, book to screen is is remarkable oh it, you know it, it is lifted you know it is lifted page from page you know and i mean yeah. you know it, it's the cinematography in this is breathtaking yeah even uh babestas or babustas or yeah 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 you know even that is lifted and it it looks pretty good in there that's because in the book it's like oh my god a genetically altered links isn't it you yes. know but it yes. does actually work yeah in, it does in the film it I really mean, really does this had a budget of 138 million yeah um but it only made 185 back yeah which look the long and the short of this is um there's not many comic book adaptations that are adult orientated um i don't think um you know people sort of realize that you can't have grown-up comic books can't you you know it's a terrible thing to say grown-up comic books isn't it i mean comic books are for everyone i mean but to, to, yeah. to have just walk into my house <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Yeah, I, I can see them i can see them my own skype you know um but um you know it, it, it is unusual to have a an adult comic book film yes um in the in recent years um you know there's been the occasional f-bombs dropped in the x-men film um, yes Deadpool, the Deadpool movies are very much you know adult oriented. See, Deadpool speaks to every twelve-year-old little boy. Yeah, I suppose it does. Yeah, but my my almost twelve-year-old hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's called responsible parenting. Well, yeah, you know, we, we we always say the same thing. We don't want to stop the kids from seeing certain films. Far from it, right? But the yeah. thing is. There's got to be... There's got to be... There needs to be a moment. And I think if you're going to, you know... Don't get me wrong. There are times... And we both did it. We, we both thought, oh, God, we're going to go watch Hellraiser. And then you well, watch it and then you go, I didn't, even, I didn't want to see that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and perhaps you put it down to, you know, the video shop era, you know. We yeah. Mentioned, you know, where, where, you know, perhaps it was a little bit more... Things were a little bit more irresponsible. Um, you know. Yeah. Free and easy. Really, <laughs> easy, I suppose. Yeah, but uh, you know, um, yeah, my son has asked repeatedly. <laughs> no, Dad, can I watch Deadpool? No. And so to sort of highlight this, um, you know, we may swear like troopers when we're doing this and all yeah. the rest. But in the house, you know, you've got to ring yourself in, and you know, you go around and around about by you know, actually rather yeah. than tell, telling your children to fuck off, you actually do it in a, in a roundabout way. Just, just go away, you know. <laughs> I mean, then, obviously, I don't have children. However, I spend all day with teenagers. Yes, and there, there have you know, there are times where you find yourself on the particularly when you you know some of the when you you, you teenagers can be tricky and prickly. Yeah, yeah. Got one living in my house. Yeah. <laughs> and there are times where all you want to do is just go, I'm just going to... I'm going to just... Yeah. You know, I'm going to let... I'm going to unleash. Yeah. And then yeah. what happens is I come on here and then just repeatedly use the C word and <laughs> <laughs> say things that I would probably, you yeah. know... I yeah. mean, 
yeah, I would say that I don't say these type of things out of, out in you know, <coughs> about about, but there are times. But there's a time and a place. There is, there is, and you know, Pearl Harbor um, was not one of those times where I was able to control my internal monologue. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, going back to the Watchmen, <laughs> you know, it is an adult film. Um, you know, and it is a comic book movie. You know, and it's. But then you go back to the source material. The source material is extremely violent. It has. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, completely. The thing is, the comic, comic book violence, I think some people associate comic book violence down to cartoon violence, like, you know, the old Tom and Jerry, isn't it, you yeah. know, when you yeah. see Jerry beating, you know, Tom the cat with a baseball bat, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is a step, it's like the itching scratchy, isn't yes. it, itching scratchy, that, you know, they highlighted it more, more than anybody else on The Simpsons, yeah. that violent cartoons actually are, and, you know, when you see it, Humanized, then, for want of a better word, yes. In the aforementioned street fight, you know, yeah. uh, the alleyway fight when the guy's arm is fucking snapped. <laughs> <laughs> or when she stabs him in the neck, yeah. but she doesn't just stab him in the neck, she stabs him pretty much up to the handle, yes, in yeah. the neck, you know, and and uses it and then uses his body as a shield, yeah. And you know, when you see um, Dr. Manhattan becoming Dr. Manhattan, you know, it's, it's, it's painful. It's, it is, it's painful, and, you know, it's conveyed, isn't it, you know, and <laughs> Rorschach's um, penchant for snapping people's fingers, oh. you know. <laughs> or when he buries the um, the cleaver in oh, the guy's head. Yeah, and you don't need, all you see is the bloody shadow of that, isn't it? Or, or, or the even the, the when he's, yeah, or when he's in prison, and he just closes the door. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, and the 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 sequence with the the hot fat, oh. <laughs> you know, it is brutal. These aren't films for children, you know. They may wear ridiculously coloured outfits and whatnot, you know. Yeah. And they may they may fly around in little spaceships or you know whatever you want to call Owls. it. <laughs> Owls, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, it is. But the thing is, at the end of the day, they they are very much adult themes, you know, and as such, you know. Again, Snyder and his um, team must be applauded for making such um, such a faithful adaptation. It yeah. really, really is. It really is. Now, the one thing we have got to mention is the soundtrack to this film. Yes. I mean, when you look at it, you've got... It goes from 99 Luftballons <laughs> by Nina. Yeah. The original uh, version. Yes. To Ride of the Valkyries by Wagner. Um, to Along the Watchtower, um, to Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's got, you know, Billy Holiday in there. Yeah. I'm Your Boogeyman by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Um, <laughs> you know, at the time, of course, we mentioned the times that are changing. Um, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. This is one of my guilty pleasures. I really like Desolation Road by My Chemical Romance. In this. I knew you were going to say it. I did. I can't help it. Sorry. I knew you were going to say it. Uh, I've I, I got to be honest. When I heard it first, I thought, oh, right, okay. But then when I heard it again, I thought, actually, do you know what? For what it is, yes. it's, not, it's not bad. It isn't bad. No, not at all. But um, is it the original? No, no it's not. It's no, not. I, you know, and, I, and the use of the sound of silence yes. in this. Yeah, yeah. And again, it goes back to his use of music. Snyder is always spot on with his use of music from, you know, right the way from 
um, you know, Dawn of the Dead with, you know, Johnny Cash to yeah. use in Disturbed. Yeah. You know. Well, the only film I think where he really falls down with it is Sucker Punch. Yeah, because Sucker Punch was a mess anyway, wasn't it, yes. to be honest? It was a total... i got to be honest, when I saw the trailer for that, I thought, oh, my God. He's, I thought, I did honestly think he's done it again. I really did think yeah. it. And then he blew. Um, yeah, he just. He but just, then the film is just a total fucking headache, isn't it? To yeah. be honest, I found that I watched. I recently watched Batman Ninja on the last, um, and it's the anime. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just gave, it gave me a migraine. But then, and that's what Sucker Punch did. Yeah, and he used. Um, he probably used another band for. Oh, he made an animated film, didn't he? Yeah, the Guard, yeah. The or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Or again. Yes. And he used 30 Seconds to Mars over the, t- the trailer. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I thought, oh, you know, but then uh, I, just, uh, I don't know, it just didn't work for me. But um, So, with this one now, what have we missed? What have we missed? Because we, you know, we've, br- we've talked Nietzsche, we've talked uh, <laughs> the deconstruction of the superhero, we've talked about, you know, auteur, we've talked about, uh, you know, we've pretty much thrown the kitchen sink in here. What have we missed so far? Yeah, I, I think um, one thing you've, we've, we've said is about the actual the the, the actual storytelling. Um, I think when this film was released, people—I don't think the people sort of anticipated no. being as good as it is. Because look, let's just put it out there: what you get from this film. Is remarkable. Yes, it, it honestly, it really is. Is it? Is it a Stonewall ten out of ten film? I'm saying it now. No, it's not. No, 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 no. no it no. has way too many issues within that don't detract from it, which is a very good thing, I think personally. Um, it does have issues. Um, is it over long? Well, it's got to be. It's got to be the length it is because. Yeah. Yeah. So much being jettisoned from the original material. And say, as I said already, the original material, there's no way you'd ever make a film. No, 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 not at all. You would never get... You, 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 I mean, I, like I said, you, three Steven hours. Spielberg, yeah, Steven Spielberg wouldn't be able to make a Watchmen film. No, no, not at all. No, <clears throat> let's just put it out there. The, the all-time filmmakers wouldn't be able to make a truly, truly faithful adaption to the book. It would never work. But what I will say is... When it does go into um, the, the, you know, the 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 um, the analysis then of the characters, how yeah. it does it is superb. It genuinely is superb. You would you made mention of the Rorschach, uh, sorry, the Doctor Manhattan sequence. It is startling. It, it to see on the screen, and I went to the oh. cinema to see it as well. It's absolutely startling to see what they did put on screen. It genuinely, and I mean is. The, the Vietnam scene. Where Doctor Manhattan is just obliterating those people, yeah, is it, it's, it's it's quite sort of it's quite. It, I mean, lots of people will are detracted by the sort of the people exploding, but yeah. actually, as a piece of cinema, that is you know that's as cinematic as it comes. Yeah, and when you look at the actual comic book framing, yes, those shots are are, are replicated and. Uh, Look, people have issue with comic book adaptation because they're so popular. Um, people forget that the actual source material ultimately 
is drawings on a page. Yes. Those stories are absolutely brilliant, and they've been adapted such. When you see a film like this, then, that uses the source material so faithfully... Yes. Look, I know I'm going on about it, but the thing is, it's very unusual to see a film adapted as well as it is. Yes. Because, at least you forget now... Um, I tell you what, this use one as an example. Use this use Civil War, Captain America Civil War as an example, right? That ultimately is an, is an Avengers film. Yes. The Civil War stories. Um, there was a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a whole story. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a fairly long. It's a fairly in depth saga. Yeah. So what you get then is an adaptation of that. A rather brilliant adaptation of it, mm-hmm. and it is it, it is terrific. Is it the best Captain America film? Possibly. No, the TV yeah. the TV movie is just mind blowing. Where, <laughs> where you get the Captain America bike <laughs> <laughs> with the shield stuck on yeah. the front. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the but, floppy you know, ears. Yeah, the floppy ears. Yeah, but you know, they are adaptions at the end of the day. Yes. This is the book the book and it is writ large there on screen massive giant blue cock balls and all right? <laughs> um, and I love I, how we keep coming back to that <laughs> well it, it this make it's got, look this, the, the longer the, sh- <laughs> the longer the show hey you're hey. <laughs> all week try the wheel <laughs> but the thing is I think because of the backlash associated to um, Batman Superman and Justice League, but Justice League is a totally different thing because mm. there's an awful lot of tragedy surrounding, you know. Yes, that. it is. Yeah. So, you know, let's let's we dwell on that. But Batman, Superman, and the same with Man of Steel, are partially very good films. Yes. The first, well, as I said earlier, Man of Steel, that first hour and a half is absolutely amazing, Man of Steel. Yes. The last 40 minutes, totally, and there's everything done before. It really is that good, I consider, but that last 40 minutes just spoils it totally. Yeah. Batman, Superman. Best Batman film in a long time. What, Batman, Superman? Yeah. When the bits were back, the the scenes where it's just Batfleck. Yes, yeah, yeah, it, it's brilliant. It, it, but don't forget who we've had the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. The, the, the thing is, the Dark Knight, and I think we, we'll have to cover those at some point. They're they're a completely different entity for me. They're a completely different. They are outstanding. They are absolutely outstanding. But my favourite incarnation of Batman is the Frank Miller year one. Yeah, I mean, incarnation. Before, yeah, yeah. And you know, old Batfleck, he is absolutely spot on. And the scene um, in Batman versus Superman, where it's sort of the apocalypse bit. Yeah. That is uh, where he's got where he's got like got all the desert gear stuff. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, is yeah. just an outstanding, outstanding sequence. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, but that, that's what I was coming to was to say that the best part of that was the Batman, yeah, you know, yeah. sequences, you know, and uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey D. Morgan playing um, Old Man Wayne in the beginning. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you how know, many t- it's like Spider Man, mind you. But how many times do we need to see Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed? <laughs> well, yeah, like we forget. 
Well, this is it, and you know, at least you forget the Spider Man was remade within ten years of the last film being released. <laughs> what the fuck? Like? Yeah, that, well, that was totally ridiculous, totally ridiculous. But anyway, no, I I do think the Batman Superman I think is sullied Snyder's previous output slightly, and I think mainly because you think about it now, Batman and Superman being on screen for the first time together. Was always going to be monumental. Wasn't oh yeah, it? it's 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 huge, and it was. I, and I think there was always go, you were always going to have the people who were going to go. This is immense. Yeah. And, and oddly enough, I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday um, about this, and people's reaction to film reviews are: it is either the greatest film ever made, yeah. or it is the worst film ever made. Yeah. And I think when you read the reviews of Hereditary, I need. I was thinking exactly the same thing. Exactly right. the same There's thing. There's no middle ground. And I think with Batman versus Superman, it's very much the case people were either going to go, it is amazing, yeah. or I fucking hate it, and I intend to burn every copy of it. Yeah. And I, I think the problem with Batman Superman is that the, the moment then when they, they're no longer enemies. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't a spoiler because it's out there and it's been addressed a hundred million times over by other people. <laughs> Whoever came up with the idea that they would connect over their mothers having the same name needs a good donkey punch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, my mommy's name. No, it's not. That's my mommy's name. <gasps> did we just become best friends? We totally did, dude. We totally did. Right? I mean, it, it's, my drum it's, kit's a dude. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's 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 silly. Yes, you know, it's really silly. Um, but I will say though that it, it did introduce um, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, whose standalone film is absolutely yeah, yeah, brilliant, yeah. genuinely brilliant. But um, yeah, it, it sort of put a little bit of a dampener, didn't it? Yeah. On, on the DC universe. And I think, unfortunately, it's kind of that thing where people come back and use to beat Zack Snyder with. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of reflects, I think, in some of the, in some of people sort of going back and looking at his, at his, at his body of work. Yeah. And, it, and you know, we, we, as we've said on this now, he is a really good filmmaker. Oh, he is. Mean, anybody who can make a Day of the Dead remake, let the Don't, don't, don't go down the day don't, route. Sorry, don't, sorry, don't go down don't, the day route. I watched the, the recent day. I did you. Oh, <laughs> I did you. Why? why? Unbelie- unbelievably, who I do listen to this podcast. <laughs> why? Why? Why, no. keepers? Why? Yeah. I, I, you know, Dawn of the Dead is fantastic. Is really, really good. Three hundred. Three hundred. Right. Here's my assumption. Of, here's my review of three hundred yeah. for you. Three hundred is three hundred. Yeah. You know. There you are. It's a like I said. It's the ultimate bro movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you want to go to Spartan training, go Spartan training. Yeah. I'll just, I'm quite happy drawing my arms on here, right? Yes. But, but I do think Watchmen really, if you were look to look at his film, his, his um, filmmaking credits as a whole, I'd probably argue this and Dawn of the Dead probably are the two best films yes. that he's done. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think they that's really, are, they really, so really good films. Really good films. What's your score on this bad boy? Um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten. <gasps> Ooh. I was considering eight, but the, 
I just thought about um, Matthew Good and Marlene Ackerman and it's knocked it down. <laughs> <laughs> For me, no, it, I, I, I'm an eight. I'm an eight on this one. Yeah, um, I, I, I wouldn't disagree really on that. I'm, it's, it's for what it is. It's fantastic. It really is. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, it does have its shoes. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, there are there are moments where, like we said, that some of the dialogue gets a bit clunky. But for me, yeah. it, it this is a is a you know you can call this a genuine adaptation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is why I think I think this is why we are extremely skeptical about the Damon Lindelof adaption being made now. I can't see how it's going to work. I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm I'm right in saying that fairly recently, and I say fairly recently, in the loosest term, it could be the last 10 years, there has been further Watchmen comics, hasn't there? Yes, there has. It's for the Minutemen, and there's been been other adaptions that are out there, and they sort of... But hasn't there been um, um, a couple of... um, Standalone um, comics where it's about Ozymandias before Rorschach and Suspector. Yes, and and if I'm right in saying, I don't think they were generally very good. Well, the thing is, when you take Alan Moore out of it and you take Dave Gibbons out of the out of the mix, really, it's not. You you know, when this you know this is the thing. This film, even though this the film and you know the book was written, you know, eighty six. 86? 88. 88. 88, 88. 88, 89, they came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's set in 86. It's, it captures lightning in a bottle. Yeah. It captures it. And we found time and time again, you can't go back and recapture that. Yeah. And it's a beloved, it, you know, it, 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 like you said, how can you put further adaptations on a book that is in the 100 most influential or must read of all how can, how can you do that right here's a good one if, if you're saying that then right you haven't seen you haven't seen To Kill a Mockingbird remade have you no it's very true you haven't no. No. you're never likely to unless there's been I, I wouldn't mind betting there's probably been a TV version of it somewhere on Hallmark <laughs> with yeah. Michael Chickless yeah. as, uh, as Atticus Finch but I, I I don't mean any disrespect towards them, but then you do see the odd remake, TV remakes that can be quite good, isn't there? There's a there was a Twelve Angry Men remake. Yeah, um, yeah. Involved. Yeah. Uh, don't watch The Shining then. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to avoid that. Motherfucker that. never ends. Hey, what do you think about um, Ewan McGregor getting cast as oh, uh, Harry Potter? Oh, just just uh, leave it alone. I I find that really quite. Strange. Just I suppose leave the, it alone. I think the age bracket is probably right, but I just mm, don't know. I, I, I just, look, look, the book isn't great. I, I'm yeah. not, I, the book is a bit like it's kind of like you know, not the, not the Steve, not, not the Family Guy bit with Stephen King, and he's, you know the guy he's talking to his um, to his agent, and he's like, Stephen, you're running out of ideas, and he's going, No, 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 I've got more. I got more. Look, my next book is about, and he's looking around the room, and he goes, A scary pencil. Ooh. <laughs> You know that that that's kind of where King, I think, uh, you know, yeah. got to in his career, um, and that's yeah. not to take anything away from him because the man is a fucking genius. Well, and absolutely, and um, you know, he's 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 he's, he's, he's in a bit of rich form in, cinematically as yes. well. Yes, you know? well, the Doctor, we, yeah, we won't mention the Doctor, mm, mm, mm. but um, you know, so we've said it before. We, you know, um, Gerald's game was excellent. In fairness, mm. with Carla Gugino again, yeah. 
you know that was yeah. really really good um it was was fantastic and they started they started chapter two they started ch- yes. chapter two yes and, is james uh, mcavoy in it yeah james mcavoy is 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 i'll tell you now and uh, is, is james mcavoy and is who else is in it is um, he... oh it, god it's just good casting ah um yeah james is um bill denborough He's uh, Bill. That's really good cast in that. Yeah, and the rest of the cast seems pretty, pretty spot on. And, uh, Bill Hader is in it as well. James Ransom. Do you know J- James Ransom? What well, he, he was in. Um, he, was in the, he was in Generation Kill. Yes, and he was in Sinister. Yeah, Sinister and Two. Sorry, in, Sinister Two. And he was in The Wire as well. Yes, yes. Oddly right. enough, I um, <laughs> mentions of The Wire. <laughs> you got it in there. It's like, you, you, you suddenly like the, the, you know, it's like Mark Kermode has to bring up the exorcist at every opportunity you get the wire in everything right do you know we were just talking about hereditary yes have you heard his review of that no 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 go and have a listen to that yeah. episode it's, it's not the one that came out last Friday it's the Friday before right yeah then listen to the last Fridays because there's um, people have contacted him about it all right and it's it's quite it's, it's a good list. I like I like Mark. I like Kermode. I like Mark, Mark I like a lot. Kermode. I like Mark a lot. Um, but you are quite right in what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, no. Like, go and have a go and have a listen to the week before last in his review of it, right? And then last Friday's review is um, the, is when the, the uh, after the films are released and the yeah. emails come in and people want to talk about it yeah. and whatnot. But listen to what he actually says, and it's it's really quite good. It's really should, quite good. I should get because, on that. Because you and I have discussed about hereditary privately, and we yes. and I've gone. There's no fucking way I'm watching that. <laughs> it's, it, it, just, it, it, it sounds way. They compared it to the Babadook, and as you can view, <laughs> if, if you hear my previous thoughts on the Babadook, I fucking hated the Babadook. <laughs> I, 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 it, I, I don't. If you listen I, very I, quietly, you can hear Gidget screaming. In Australia, I know, I know, I know. Gidget is a huge fan of it. I know you liked it. Um, me personally, I'm Paul. I, Paul over in Schlockhara. Oh, I can't. I just don't get it. <laughs> I really don't get where people just see it as this masterpiece. This I don't get it. Um, I still haven't seen The Witch. I must rectify no, the that. Witch is, the Witch is good. The Witch is good. Yeah, but. Hereditary really doesn't sound like a pleasure experience. Pleasant no. experience. <laughs> uh, it's really bleak, apparently. Really, really. I'm bleak. looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Well, yeah, yeah. Sums well, me up, really, doesn't it? Yeah. So, my well, good man. Just quickly before yeah. we go, have you seen Solo? No, not yet. Not right. yet. I'm, I right. may, like I said, I've knackered my neck at the moment. So, sitting for significant periods of time. Is quite difficult, so um, I'm safe. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's good. It is good. It's totally unnecessary. Yeah. Is the one is the one thing I took away from it. It's totally unnecessary. There was no need. It's good. It's good. It doesn't add anything really to the Star Wars canon. No, um, no well, it was never going to really, was it? Let's be fair. No, no, because you pretty much know that they're not going to be in danger because. There's been some other films released to show that nobody dies. <laughs> but oh um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why? Why some of the new characters they do sound really good? In fairness, they yeah. really are. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's 
Well, I, look, um, we'll give a shout out to you through the guys at um, Film Eighty Nine. Um, yeah, I, I've recently done a piece about Solo, and it's yes. on their website. So, uh, if you want to go and have a read of that, uh, I will put a link up in the show notes. I've um, I've, I've, I've attempted to deconstruct as to why people are not uh, are not watching it like they have every other Star Wars film released, yeah. except Caravan of Courage because Caravan of oh. Courage. <laughs> How dare you! How dare you! you next thing you're going to be telling me the battle for Endor wasn't very good either. I'm, what? <laughs> See, I, I, speaking of, of shit films, I think we really need to be doing an episode about Battlefield Earth. Oh, particularly should given we? Gotti. <laughs> yeah, should we do one? Yeah. All right, then I tell you what. Next, right, we'll, we'll we'll fit it in the schedule, and next time out, perhaps we'll do Battlefield Earth. Just for the laugh, is it? Yes. Yes, okay, I'm, you're on. I'm, done, I'm, done. I'm up for that. And on that note, sir, I shall leave you go and get back to your life. As always, a pleasure. Never a chore. I salute you, sir. Take care. Take care, my friend. I'll see you soon. Ta-ra, buddy. Ta-ra. As always, I want to say a big thank you to Mr. Leighton Winston for being on, and we will be back very, very soon. Possibly sooner than you think. Who knows? Okay. Up next, we have got... What the Wookiee Watched. And let's kick it off with The Colony from 2013. Let's check out the trailer. The world froze a long time ago. So long ago that I can't remember the warmth of the sun. I heard the stories growing up. How the planet grew hotter as our fuel was burned. How we made towers to work the weather. When the food ran out, the lucky ones found places like this. A place where life could exist underneath the ice. But the truth is, one day, it started to snow. And it never stopped. Colony 5, this is Colony 7. Over. What's up? SOS loop from Colony 5. SOS? If anyone out there can hear this, I repeat our location, our location. A few hours ago, we received a distress signal from Colony 5. I think they're worth checking up on. We need to take care of our own bricks. They just put the whole colony at risk. That's really not your decision to make, is it? We're sending a team and I'm leading it. Whoa! Watch your step. So much of a welcoming committee. We're from Colony 7. Came to help. Are they gone? Who? Is anyone else alive? Define their life. They slaughtered everybody. And they're coming here. Straight to us. You're gonna need every bullet. 
So that was the trailer for The Colony from 2013. Uh, the Colony was directed by Jeff Renfro, who also wrote the screenplay, along with Svet Roskov. Uh, Patrick Tarr provide, also part, took part in writing of the screenplay and the story, along with Pascal Trottier. Uh, it stars Kevin Zegers, Lawrence Fishburne, Bill Paxton, Charlotte Sullivan, uh, Drew Vidgrev, Atticus, Atticus Mitchell, and John Tench, Lisa Berry, and Lucius Hoyas. Um, I gotta be honest with you, I'm a big fan of post apocalyptic films, and I really, really enjoyed this one. I wasn't expecting to, uh, I went into it expecting it to be sort of almost like a bit of a, a sci fi channel type movie, but I was very, very impressed. Um, Bill Paxton is on great form in this one. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne delivers. He's sort of he doesn't appear just to be sort of uh, going through the motions in this one. It's a very very good film. It's got some really really intense moments. It's got some great action scenes. It moves very 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 quickly. Um, try and avoid uh, reading some of the uh, any kind of reviews on IMDb. I think they're a little bit snippy and a little bit dismissive. Um, however. Um, go into it with a very, very open mind and you will thoroughly enjoy it. And I will give The Colony from 2013 7.5 out of 10. Like I said, really enjoyed it. I wasn't expect to, but I did indeed. Okay, up next we have got Willow Creek, also from 2013. Let's check out the trailer. Check one. My boyfriend's a big idiot. Check one. I said I would come on this trip to help you with your film, and it's your birthday, and we're gonna have a great time, but I'm not about to say that I believe in Bigfoot. Well, then why are you here? I like being with you. I just don't want you to think I'm crazy. Pets and people go missing all the time. I'll go in there myself. You can just stay here in town if you want. You believe any nut job out there that says Sasquatch is real? Your friends will all think you're crazy, and you'll spend all of your days searching for something that you never find. I've never felt this way about anyone. It's about 29 miles north of here, you come to the bottom of Bluff Creek. We're here! <laughs> <laughs> We're here. When you get in there, it's a steep canyon, there's a running creek, there's forest, it's thick, and you're gonna feel how isolated they were. Callie, come here! The real truth of it is you're out in the middle of nowhere. How do we know we're going in the right direction? You don't want to be in the movie, and now you're Stanley fucking Kubrick. Turn off the camera. There's a lot of people uh, live back in these woods, and they just don't like other people in their business. Turn that fucking thing okay, off. Okay, let's go, Jim. See Bye. the buckshot on the side? What is my sock doing in the tree? People don't want us to come out here, so people are probably fucking with us. Okay, that was the trailer for Willow Creek from 2013. Now, Willow Creek is a found footage film. 
It was obviously made in 2013. It was directed and written by Bobcat Goldthwaite. Of course, he of funny voice fame from uh, the Police Academy films. Um, and this film stars Alexi Gilmore and Bryce Johnson. And like I said, this is a phone footage film. It's very, very simple. You've got Jim and his girlfriend, Kelly. Uh, they, are famous, uh, they are following the... Um, the infamous Willow Creek Trail, uh, where the legendary Bigfoot uh, uh, footage was uh, taken, and uh, things go from bad to worse. Now, I'm not usually a big fan of uh, found footage movies. However, I absolutely, thoroughly enjoyed this film. Absolutely. It's, it, is it perfect? No, it's not. Um, however, the actors do a superb job um, this is very, very, very simple filmmaking, and it's executed brilliantly. I really enjoyed this film. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. It's one of the best Bigfoot movies out there. Um, Bobcat Goldthwaite is very, very clever with what he shoots. He allows his actors time to breathe, um, and it's very, very believable. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's not perfect, don't get me wrong. Um, and I do have a bit of a problem with found footage films. They're not my favourite type of genre, but I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Um, it can be a bit slow at times, and the build-up is well worth the wait, though. Um, and I will give this one uh, 7.5 out of 10. Definitely check it out. It's on Shudder. Um, and I think it's also on Amazon Prime as well. So check them out. Okay, up next we have... The Open House from 2018. Let's check out the trailer. How long did you say we're going to be here for? You said that I'd be back before graduation. You should stay at our mountain house. I thought you guys were selling. I just have to leave for a bit on Sundays during open houses. It's good to see some new faces. You must be Logan. Everybody knows everybody in these small towns, huh? So sorry for what happened to your husband. I lost my husband a few years back. Death. It's like it moves in and never leaves. Search the entire house. There's no one here. We had an open house here a few days ago. Maybe someone found a spare key laying around, or... or maybe someone stayed. Probably just some kids trying to scare the newcomers. <sighs> Didn't feel like kids. Who's that? Hey! Hey! Something is clearly going on. Hello? Is anyone there? It's always nice to know you have someone nearby. The quiet out here can get real loud. I gotta say, um, I really like that trailer. I thought it was a good one. I do. 
And you know me, I like a good trailer. Of course, we're talking The Open House from uh, 2018. That's this year, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and is the story of a teenager and his mother who find themselves besieged by threatening forces when they move into a new house. Uh, this is a Netflix movie, so of course you can find it on Netflix. Uh, it was directed by Matt Angel and Suzanne Coote. Um, it was also written by uh, Matt Angel and Suzanne Coote, and it stars Dylan Minnette, uh, Piercy Dalton, Patricia Bethnew, uh, Sharif Atkins, and Aaron Abrahams, Edward Olson, Katie Walder, Paul Ra, uh, Lee Parker, Catherine Beckworth, and uh, Matt Angel, the director, pops up in a small role. Right. Okay. Now, you know me. I don't mind a slow burn. At all. I quite enjoy a slow burn. However, one of the major faults with this film is it just doesn't go anywhere for a very, very long time. And I do wish, and I think some filmmakers do fall into the the trap of using um, a spooky drone sound and creaky doors as building tension. This film doesn't have a lot of scares in it. Um, some of the characters, particularly uh, the teenager, um, <laughs> played by Dylan Minnette, uh, whose character is called Logan Wallace, is not particularly... You, you don't warm to him. Well, I couldn't anyway. I couldn't warm to him. Yes, he's been through a lot and he loses his father. However, I couldn't warm to him at all. Um, the The end to this film kind of redeems it a little bit. But... But it is very, very much a missed opportunity. It could have been so much more. Um, and unfortunately, i got to give this one a 5 out of 10. I know. And ladies and gentlemen, on that slightly downer of an ending, <laughs> and not even in like a cool Italian horror kind of way of an ending, our time together is almost at an end. I know, I know, I know. But we will be back very, very soon. Now, as always, we've got shout-outs on this episode. So, first up, I want to give a big shout-out to, of course, our friends down under. Gidget Von LaRue, and of course you can listen to Gidget, an angry man over that day podcast, Retro Movie Cinema. It's all about the 80s, guys. It's a cracking show. Um, some of their top 10 episodes, actually all of their top 10 episodes, are really, really good. And their reviews, are, it's a great show. It's a lot of fun. Get over there. Of course, you've heard Gidget on this show numerous times, and she's going to be back very, very soon with us. So, guys, go check out that show. Of course, we have to, it wouldn't be an episode unless we said hello to CL Raven, our glamorously gothy gal pals and of course you can find them at cl raven uh, on twitter you can find them over at raven's retreat you can have a look on their etsy store and of course you can listen into them on vitalized radio excellent it's a really good show you can find them on their show called the graveyard shift of course you can follow gidget on twitter at gidget von larue and of course you can follow angry man on there at angry man on twitter my man jay prowse you can find him at freddie fenich over on Twitter. Now check out his writing because he is a excellent writer, guys. His blog is superb. Um, his contributions to Dread Central are superb. And over at VHS Revival, our man CJ's uh, blog, get yourself over there, guys, is absolutely superb. And of course, you can follow CJ at VHS Revival on Twitter. Uh, and of course, we need to say a big shout out to our men, Al and Jeff, 
over at Cadavercast. And of course, you hear Al at the end of every single episode as he signs us off. So guys, get over and follow that father and son team. It's a superb, superb podcast. And you can hear them on SoundCloud and iTunes, of course. Uh, my man Darren Hall over at Alt Movies. And I already mentioned Paul at Schlock Horror. Or did I? No, I haven't mentioned Paul. I do apologize, but I'm mentioning you now. Get over and follow his blog at Schlock Horror. That's Paul Hayden. And my man, Peter Nielsen. And you can follow Peter at Peter underscore Nielsen on Twitter. You can hear Peter over at Retro Movie Geek. Um, that is the UHF episode. I love UHF. It's a great, great, great film. Um, with you know, the weird Al Yankovic movie. Guys, honestly, it's a brilliant, brilliant show. Get over there and listen to them because, of course, you've got Joel and you've got Daryl and you can follow Daryl at The Voice 123 over on Twitter. Um, of course, our man Leighton, you can uh, follow Leighton on Twitter at LeightWinst. You can follow him on Instagram at the same name. And, of course, we want to give a big shout-out to the granddaddy of them all, the Horror Movie Podcast. I don't know if we're referring to them as the granddaddy of them all, but it's a great, great show um, over at the Horror Movie Podcast. Uh, where you've got Jay the Dead, you've got Dr. Shock himself, Dave Becker, and you've got Josh Legary, and you can follow Josh Legary over at Icarus Arts on Twitter. Recently, guys, Gregor Mortis and his crew have reformed. That's right, the band are back together, and Land of the Creeps is back on. So, guys, if you know, get over. They did a brilliant episode dissecting the, um, the Halloween uh, trailer for the new upcoming Halloween movie. It's a really, really good episode, and it's superb, absolutely superb to your Greg's uh, dulcet tones back on the interweb where he belongs. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That is us done for episode 41. 41 episodes in the bag. Fantastic. So, it's all that's left for me to say in the immortal words of Count Duckula. Good night out there. Whatever you are.
This is Al from Cadavercast. You've been listening to Thundered Wookie. The back.